Welcome back to Lessons of a Former Pastor's Wife. I'm your host, Amy Kennedy, and this is my story. I have been meditating quite a bit lately over the topic of strength. In a former podcast, I told you about my battle with a malignant tumor on my foot that had the unfortunate power to redefine my life. My strength was gone. I was weak from radiation. I had to have two fairly major surgeries, three significant infections for a total of five hospitalizations, and a private situation that almost destroyed me. I reached a point where the only strength I had left was to lift my hand up to God and scream for his deliverance. And he delivered me. It took time for my physical, spiritual, and mental strength to rebuild. And it was not a situation where I was one thing, became ill, got my strength back, and then I was that thing again. No, God took my old life and through more pain than I could have ever imagined that I could possibly survive. He slowly, as I was able to handle it, built my strength up, and today he is developing in me a new life, a life I never expected or even had the guts to pray for. I really don't know where this new path will lead me, but I have full confidence that my God, who has delivered me time and time again from some of the harshest realities, has the power and he wants to build a good life of service within me. My time on this earth is not finished, and I hold tight to the belief in my new life to come. And for the first time in my life, I believe I am ready to grab hold of what he is building in me and to keep that moving forward. Last week, a very good friend of mine sent me a picture that I actually sat down and stared at for a very long time. I asked his permission to share that picture with you. So it's now located in my podcast notes. Um, And what it is, is the image of an acorn that looks as though it has been discarded or thrown from its tree. It's sitting abandoned among rocks, dirt, and debris. But the acorn has a very large, painful crack right down its center. And from that crack is the beautiful sprout of green new life. In sending me the picture, my friend reminded me that my acorn shell is opening, allowing me to find the path that God has prepared for me. Not all acorns that fall from an oak tree are viable and can produce new life. Many acorns have been infested by acorn weevils, Still others are eaten by squirrels and wildlife. Even the ones that do fall to the ground and appear to be viable can be rotten and dying inside. Websites I researched indicate that only about one in 10,000 acorns will actually grow into new life and become trees. And if the conditions aren't just right, even those won't sprout. This thought pattern, of course, reminds me of the parable in Matthew 13, where Jesus 
is telling the story of a farmer who went out to sow seeds. And starting in verse four, Jesus says, as the farmer was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil and it sprang up quickly because the soil was very shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. This parable is so similar to the picture my friend sent me of the sprouting acorn. Seeds of the good word of Jesus Christ are planted all around us and throughout our lives. By the time of Jesus's return, we can be assured that every person who has been given the opportunity to choose him as their savior has made their choice. Although the seeds have been sown, there are so many obstacles in place that most will never grow. Some will grow, but their roots are so shallow that they die out quickly. And we see this every day in our churches. I've spoken about it often, but a huge problem in our world today is surrounded by those Christians whose roots are so superficial that when the harsh sun or wind come, they wither and they die. In the same way, many seeds do start to grow but they allow themselves to stay grounded among murderous thorns who eventually choke out the good plant that is growing. I believe these seeds that Jesus is referring to are sprouting up all around us in our watered down riches seeking churches. Many streaming sites have documentaries out right now on mega churches and the poor souls who sought to grow in a ministry that professed to be about Jesus Christ. But any faith that they may have gained through that ministry was choked out by leaders whose conduct and goals in their private life completely contradicted those that they taught. Again, we see that God often takes the blame for the selfishness of those who profess to be his disciples. Yes, I believe in paying a worker his due wages. And as a person who was once reliant for my livelihood on the tithes and offerings that were given in a church, I do believe in paying pastors and teachers so they can focus their time and talents on teaching what God is growing inside them. What I don't believe in is pastors and teachers who are living lives that are so filled with wealth, they no longer relate to the very people they are teaching and the struggles that the people have to be able to give a tenth of what they make weekly don't even impact these pastors and teachers. I don't believe in any person, whether pastor, bishop, or teacher, setting themselves up to be the ultimate the ultimate authority where their actions and the consequences of their actions are overlooked or hushed up because of a title they hold in a church. 
We all have to stay accountable. And those who, who have the highest accountability are those who teach and minister in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The life we live in private must match up with what we are teaching in Jesus's name. No matter how difficult the situation is that we find ourselves in, because the spiritual well-being of other people lays not just in the message that we are teaching, but in the way that we live our lives. We must be above reproach, not because we carry a title or have a talent, but because we have a responsibility to emulate Jesus as best as we are able, never lording it over people or manipulating or abusing. It is our job, whether we are the pastor of a thousand person church or a former pastor's wife who started a podcast to make sure that the message we are teaching in the name of Jesus Christ is truth that is matched in the way we live our lives. James 3 makes it clear that we will be judged more strictly. And Matthew 12, 36 says, we will all be held accountable for every idle word in the day of judgment. In the parable that I mentioned, we also see Jesus talk about the seed that falls on good ground and it grows a crop that is 160 or 30 times what was sown. Every seed is thrown, but it is the soil where the seed is thrown that determines if a crop will grow. We are the soil. Our hearts must be fertile and open to receiving the seed. When we encounter selfish or false teachers, it is our responsibility to recognize that the seed that was sown is not the property of the one who sows it. The seed that is sown in our lives is the property of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for it is the message of his sacrifice for our sins that we may be saved. It is his seed that is pure and true. And even if the person who sowed that seed in your life showed themselves to be unworthy or faulty, the seed is still good and can grow within us a crop that is magnified. So we also may become a farmer who sows seed that will hopefully land on fertile ground. In staring at the image my friend sent me, I can't help but see that crack down the center of the acorn. That crack forever changed the acorn, but it was necessary so the new life could spring forth. Eventually, what was an acorn will be less than a broken shell as the green new life takes over and completely transforms it into a huge oak tree with seeds to be sown. For new life to grow, there has to be pain. There is always pain in losing what we once were, but to become what we are meant to be in God's plan for our lives, we have to allow the husk of the seed to die so the new life can spring up 
dig deep roots and sow seeds. You've probably heard the analogy of a butterfly many, many times, and we were all taught this in school. But I really can't help but remind you that the butterfly who grows to beauty does so in four stages. It starts as an egg that hatches into a caterpillar that eats and grows until it forms a chrysalis around itself. The chrysalis or cocoon keeps the caterpillar safe while it goes through metamorphosis. Depending on the type of butterfly, it can stay within the cocoon for anywhere from five to 21 days and emerges as a completely transformed creature, completely different from what it started out as. As beautiful as the butterfly will be, it is no simple task to get out of that cocoon. There is pain and a lot of struggle to break free from the chrysalis and fly. Scientists tell us that if we open the cocoon for the butterfly, their wings will never be strong enough to carry their weight in flight and they will die. It's in the very pain of the struggle that the butterfly develops strength enough to become who they were born to be. No one can save the butterfly from that pain because the act of saving the butterfly from the very pain that strengthens her will be the thing that causes her to die. A lot of things can interrupt the life cycle of the butterfly, even when they are so close to the final moments of ending that struggle. If the butterfly is unable to release the chemical that strengthens their wings as they are struggling to get out of the chrysalis, they will not survive. If they do not properly release the enzymes to dissolve their caterpillar cells inside the cocoon, they will die trapped. If a person or an animal break open the cocoon and release the caterpillar, it will die having never lived up to its potential to fly. There are so many variables that can and do stop the metamorphosis. But for those who complete the process of changing and endure the pain of the struggle to become free, they can shake out their beautiful wings and become what they were always meant to be. It is my prayer that a seed is being planted in the soil of your heart right now and that the soil is good and you are ready to allow that seed to break open and produce a sprig of new life that will hopefully develop into a deep root digging oak, oak tree. I want to repeat that. I hope that the seed that is being planted in your heart right now will be allowed to break open and produce a sprig of new life that will hopefully develop into a deep root digging oak tree that gives life and shade to all in need. 
but be forewarned that to allow the seed that is growing in you right now to break open and grow new life, it should and it will change you. The old you will be gone so the new you can grow. And it is my prayer that you never long for the days of dying again. A butterfly never longs to go back to being an insignificant, tree-climbing, wiggly caterpillar. The butterfly confidently flies on their strong wings because that's what they were born to do. I want to leave you with the following scriptures to meditate on this week. Ephesians 4, 20 through 24. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And Colossians 3, 1 through 10. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Thank you for joining me in my podcast, Lessons of a Former Pastor's Wife. This is my story of pain and growth. I hope you will be willing to share your story with me by emailing me anytime at formerpastorwife at outlook.com. Perhaps one day you will be willing to share your story on my podcast. Many blessings to you all as you allow the seed that has been planted today to grow and become a new life.